Shalom, and welcome to this Northern Fire podcast. The title of this message is Think for Yourself. Think for Yourself. If you think about it, in America, or really anywhere in the world, human beings are conditioned to think and behave a certain way. We are conditioned by religion, family and friends, culture, where we work, the media, our government, our enemy. And because of this, we can develop wrong thinking or incomplete thinking. A few years ago, I read a book by a man named Sid Roth entitled, They Thought for Themselves. Sid Roth is a Jewish man who came to faith in Yeshua Messiah as his Lord and Savior. And for over 50 years, he has been preaching the gospel of the kingdom of Yeshua. And he preaches in Israel. He preaches all over the world. And he wrote this book because he had encountered many Jews who, once they began to think for themselves, found and received Yeshua as their Messiah, as their Lord and Savior. And it's amazing, uh, there are several testimonies in this book they thought for themselves. Uh, The one one that stands out to me, I think this happened two different times. Uh, These Jewish men and women who had been conditioned by their religion, their families, their culture, their enemy and other things, that Yeshua could not be the Messiah, and they'd been conditioned by Christians who persecute Jews. And just the history uh, of persecution of Jewish people by Christians and by the Catholic Church. They've been conditioned uh, to not even consider that Yeshua would be their Messiah. And the, the testimonies that stood out was when these Jewish people actually read Isaiah 53 for themselves. Isaiah 53 describes Yeshua. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our diseases. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. And it goes on later to say, We all like sheep have gone astray. We've turned each one to his own way. And Jehovah has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And you can read, you can read the entire Isaiah 53. It describes the suffering and the death and the substitution of Yeshua, how he took our sins upon himself, how he was the Lamb of God. And just describing in Isaiah 53, uh, these Jewish people weren't reading the New Testament. They were reading the Old Testament that prophesied and testified to Yeshua. And when they read this and they had an open mind and they thought for themselves, they received Yeshua as Lord and Savior. And so Sid Roth, And I myself am am encouraging you to think for yourselves. Think for yourself. Now, Yeshua said this in John 16, 12. And this encouragement is for you and for me to realize that we don't know it all. And revelation from Yehovah is progressive. And he builds on the things that are foundational. In John 16, 12, Yeshua said to his disciples, the 12 apostles who had been with him, his entire earthly ministry, 
He said to them, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when the Holy Spirit comes, the Spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth. So, there are foundational things that Yeshua taught the apostles, and there were things that went on from that that he couldn't reveal to them until they had the Holy Spirit. And there were many things that he had to teach them and say to them. So let's not stop with just the foundations of our faith. Let's not just stop with a few things the Spirit teaches us. Let's go on to maturity. Let's go on to boldness in the faith. And then it says in Philippians 2, 12 and 13, where Paul writes, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is Elohim who works in you both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. Work out your own salvation. Think for yourself. Don't just take what a preacher says to you. Don't just take what you read in the Bible. Certainly don't just take what you see in the media or are from our government. Don't just take what your tradition or your experience has been. Work out your own salvation. Think for yourself. Seek the spirit of truth for more and deeper revelation. Now, uh, in this podcast, I want to share with you three times in my life where I thought for myself, I got into the Word, I sought the revelation of the Holy Spirit, and how He taught me something that I began to practice, and it has brought blessing into my life and into the life of others. Uh, the first one, this was uh, almost 25 years ago now, I, I came to a place in my life where um, it seemed to be a, like a dark period or um, a period that there was a trial going on in my life. And I decided that I was going to read through the New Testament again. I had read the New Testament before. I was going to read through the New Testament again and ask for the Holy Spirit to guide me and teach me. And I, was, I didn't want a man to teach me. I didn't want to have commentaries with me. I just wanted to read the scriptures with the Spirit and receive the teaching of the Spirit of truth to guide me. And I decided that if I read something in the New Testament that I did not have, I would ask the Spirit to give it to me and activate me in it. And one of the most dramatic ones, I mean, as I went through the Gospels, uh, that did happen. Uh, but the one that I remember most was when I read in Acts 2, uh, it's the day of Pentecost. And then in Acts 2, 17, Peter in his sermon quotes Joel chapter 2. And he said, In the last days, says Jehovah, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your young men and your young women will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. Well, something leaped off the page. Your young men will see visions. Now, I, I was 30 years old at the time. Uh, and I had never experienced a vision. I don't think I'd ever met anyone. Who had had a vision. I, I knew from the scriptures that men in the scriptures had visions, but that was thousands of years ago. And so as I read that, it talked about the last days, and I believe we're in the last days. So I asked the Holy Spirit, if this is for today, if this is for real, and people today are supposed to have visions, give me a vision. And I remember the next morning, I was sitting at the breakfast table eating my Cheerios, and I began to have, a, like a, it was like a movie. I was awake, but in my mind's vision, uh, in my mind, 
kind of across my eyes, I began to see like a dream or a, a movie. And I don't have time now to describe it to you, but I was in a garden walking with Yeshua on a path, and I saw my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I saw people uh, entering into eternity with Yeshua saying to them, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, I, I saw my enemy. I saw a tree of life. Uh, I saw various things in this vision. And uh, some of them have, already, have come to pass in my life and others will come to pass. I was on a path that was a long path and it was the path of my life. And the next thing that happened, not long after that, and I've continued to have visions. Uh, pe people began to give me books on visions. Or I discovered them and I bought books on vision. And I discovered that lots of people are having visions. And they're visions that are true and uh, encourage us and activate us and prophecies that come to pass. Now, here's an example of how a vision that father gave me helped somebody else. Uh, I was in a counseling session with a young man and uh, we were talking about issues in his life with his marriage and uh, various things. And uh, just he asked if I would pray for him. And as I began praying for him, uh, now he hadn't told me anything about the vision, uh, but afterwards it was amazing. In the vision, as I prayed for this young man, in the vision, I saw, a, simply I saw a bowling alley. I saw pins and bowling balls and an alley and people and bowling and scorecards. And when I finished praying, I just mentioned to you, you know, does this mean anything to you? I'm, and I described my vision of the bowling alley. And this immediately got his attention and it, it cut him into his very heart. He said, uh, and this man was, 30 to 35 years old. He said, when I was growing up, my dad was in three bowling leagues. And my dad lived for bowling. We were always at the bowling alley. My dad at one time or another was the president of all three of those bowling leagues. And as we talked and counseled some more, he had some real bitterness toward his dad about his dad uh, doing that and to his mind, to the, to the neglect of his family. And so, as we looked at some scriptures, uh, this man was enabled by the Spirit to forgive his dad and to be set free from bitterness and unforgiveness. And, uh, you know, I've never, never had an opportunity to see this man again, but I'm trusting that he was set free and his life was changed and he was reconciled to his dad in some way. So there's an example of... You know, my life previous had conditioned me that uh, visions were just for the Bible times. And as I thought for myself and investigated in the scriptures and prayed to the Spirit, that mindset was changed not only to the benefit of my life, but now the benefit and freedom to others' lives. That's my encouragement for you. Think for yourself. Now, the second example has to do with the Sabbath. And this, this all began 15 years ago. And I was reading in John 13 where Yeshua had instituted the Lord's Supper and washed the disciples' feet. And he made this statement, Now that you know these things, 
Blessed are you if you do them. And, you know, the, the scripture came alive to me for the first time. Um, and he's, he's specifically talking about receiving and celebrating the Lord's Supper and washing each other's feet. It's not enough to know these things. When we do them is when we're blessed. Well, I began to investigate other things in the Bible because I, I said, I want to be blessed. I want to be doing the things Father wants me to do so that I can be blessed. And one of the first things he did, he led me to Genesis chapter 2, verse 13, where it says, Elohim blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, for on that day he ended his labors, he ended his work, he ceased from his work of creation. So it says right there, Genesis 2, 3, that Father blessed the Sabbath day and he sanctified the Sabbath. To sanctify means to make holy, to set apart, to separate, to set above other days and make it a special day. And so I began to investigate more about the Sabbath day because, again, my conditioning, and there's nothing wrong with worshiping on Sunday and meeting as Christians on Sundays. There's nothing wrong with that. But my conditioning was that, uh, first of all, that Sunday was the Sabbath day. And that's, you know, that was incorrect. And the other conditioning that I had was, you know, Sunday was a day for me. Uh, so Sunday day, you know, we didn't have any problem going shopping on Sundays or uh, doing what we wanted to do or, or doing, you know, various things. But as I investigated, you know, I discovered that uh, Jehovah desires the Sabbath day to be a day that we set apart for him to meet with him and honor him and to learn from him. This is Leviticus 23. And um, verses 1 and 1 through 3. And Jehovah spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, The feasts of Jehovah, now these are not the feasts of the Jews, these are the feasts of Jehovah, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, these are my feasts. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work on it. It is the Sabbath of Jehovah in all your dwellings. So Father is saying this is his day, and he's encouraging us to set that apart for him. Now the word feast uh, in Hebrew is moedim, and it really means an appointed time, a set time to make an appointment. You know, that will really change your attitude about the Sabbath day as well. It's not just a day to stop working and not cook and not buy and sell and and the other stipulations. It's a day that I put on my calendar as an appointment with the living Elohim, as an appointment with my Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach. And then in Ezekiel 20, verse 20, uh, the prophet writes this about the Sabbath. And I'll start with verse 19. I am Jehovah your God. Walk in my statutes, keep my judgments, and do them. Hallow my Sabbaths. And they will be a sign between me and you, that you may know that I am Jehovah, your God. It's a sign. The Sabbath day is a sign. And you know, it says in Genesis that Jehovah put a sign in the clouds of his covenant. It was the rainbow. 
And, you know, circumcision was a sign of the covenant. And bread and wine is a sign of the covenant. So the Sabbath day is a sign. It's a sign that we have set ourselves apart for Jehovah. And if you think about it, uh, if you are keeping a Saturday Sabbath, a seventh-day Sabbath, it makes you different than the rest of the world. And it really does. Now, a few more things on the Sabbath. Uh, Laura and I do not observe the Sabbath as a law. We observe it as a holy convocation, as a moedim, as a set of appointed time to honor Father, to declare that He is the Creator, that He is the Deliverer, that He is the Redeemer, to show the world that we are worshiping and devoted to Jehovah Sabaoth, the Living God. Secondly, the Sabbath was made for us. Yeshua said this, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Yeshua said, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And he said that it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. So we're, we don't take this as another law that we just have to do this because God said so. We do this for special reasons, and I've explained those. And the third thing, we have been blessed. That was how I began to study out and think for myself. I wanted to be blessed, and if Father was blessing the seventh day, I wanted to observe the seventh day. We have been blessed. But that is not the main point anymore. The main point now is, this is my time with Father. This is my witness to the world. This is my testimony. It's a holy day to honor Yeshua, who is our Sabbath rest. And just look at Hebrews chapter 4 and 5 and other places uh, that says Yeshua is our rest. We rest from our labors. Now the third, episode, third experience in my life has to do with worship. And I'll begin this by quoting to you from John 9.31. It says in John 9.31, This is Yeshua speaking to the woman at the well. A time is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For Elohim is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. For Jehovah is seeking such as these to worship him. Well, I mean, I've known that scripture. I've probably taught that scripture. But there was a time um, several years ago that I was out prayer walking and I was thinking and pondering on that scripture. And I began to think, what does it mean to worship in spirit and in truth? I wanted to make sure that I was doing it. And if I wasn't, I needed to start because those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Well, I remember getting home from my walk and I asked Laura, I said, Laura, what does it mean to worship in spirit and in truth? And just like a prophet of God, uh, she looked at me and she said, why are you asking me? Ask the Father. And so right then, right there, I got down on my knees and I said, Father, what does it mean to worship in spirit and in truth? And just as quickly as I had prayed, he spoke in my spirit and he said, look to the winged creatures. Look to the creatures who have wings. Well, I knew the reference and the winged creatures are angels. Uh, they're special angels. They're called cherubim or seraphim and we see this in Isaiah 6 and again in Revelation 4 we see the same scene there's a throne in heaven and above the throne are winged creatures 
They each have six wings. With two they cover their face, with two they fly, and with two they cover their feet. And again, in Isaiah 6 and Revelation, Isaiah and John see the same vision of the throne and these creatures above the throne. And they hear the same thing. These creatures are saying, holy, holy, holy. They never stop saying, holy, holy, holy. Now in Isaiah 6, they say, holy, 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 Jehovah Sabaoth, the whole earth is filled with your glory. And in Revelation 4, they say, holy, 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 Jehovah El Shaddai, who was, who is, and who will be. So for all eternity, these creatures are saying God is holy, and they're saying why. And they're listing the millions of reasons why he's holy. So just in that question, and just in the answer, I've learned that worshiping in spirit and in truth is to tell Father that he's holy, and tell him why. And in order to tell him why he's holy, I have to know. So I, I do this every day. I tell Father he's holy. I tell him why. I, I speak, you know, one of his hundreds of names. I'll go through different things he's done in my life, uh, different things that I know from the scriptures that separate him from all other gods. And the teaching of the Holy Spirit has gone beyond that and I do have a podcast entitled the same thing, Worship in Spirit and in Truth. Uh, you can go and find that on anchor.fm under Northern Fire or on Spotify under Northern Fire. And uh, all of my previous podcasts are on those two sites or on Google Play under Northern Fire. Uh, so Father, as continue to teach me what does it mean to worship and spirit and in truth. And I know and I have a confidence now that my worship is true. I don't question it. I know that it is. And I know that I honor him when I open my mouth and, and when I uh, obey him and when I learn from him. Now, these are, uh, in concluding here, these are two scriptures and I'm sorry I don't have the references, uh, but you can look that look these up. Um, uh, Paul wrote, he said, study to show yourself approved. I think it's in Timothy. Study to show yourself approved. And then James wrote, faith without works is dead. And, you know, we can be doing things or we can know things uh, about Jehovah. But if we're not doing them, it's dead. We can still be living in our old thought processes and our old conditioning, and we can be missing out. We can be missing out on worship, um, blessing, uh, witness, testimony, honoring Father, and we can certainly be missing out on maturity and helping others with our life. I have told you about my journey, about visions, about the Sabbath, about worship, these are things which make us different. These are things that make me different from the world around me. They separate me from the world and from my culture, many times from my family and friends. And I know this, in doing these things, my light shines. I am the light of the world. I am the salt of the earth, as Yeshua said, and as I do, as I've discovered these things, and as I do them, my light shines. Now you are on your own journey. 
You are on your own journey with Yeshua, your good shepherd. You are on your own journey with the spirit of truth who is here to guide you into all truth. Think for yourself. Discover. Honor Father with your life. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Shalom.